And a happy Hanukkah. Mishnah Yomi is in the 10th parak of Shabbat at Mishnah Vav. Somebody removes his fingernail by basically pushing one onto the other to cut it off. Or bites it off in his teeth. So too with his hair. The Butner says here that he pulls out a hair with his hand. Ken Sfamo, or his mustache, Ken Sidekono, or his beard. Vechen, and also Hagodelet. Godelet is like braiding hair. Ken Kochelet. Kochelet is applying Kohol, which is eyeshadow. Ken Poseket. And also Poseket is dividing hair. Rabbi Eliezer Mechaev. Rabbi Eliezer says that these actions are Chaev. They're considered a tolda of a Malacha. The um, applying eyeshadow is kotevet, like writing, though she's writing with eyeshadow uh, instead of writing letters. And godel poseket, these are bone. And the removing of hair would be uh, gozes, like shearing. Um, so he says these are toldas, uh, toldot of malacha, even though they don't resemble the malacha so closely. The chachamim say they're aser because of shvot, because of a rabbinical decree that they're close to a malacha, but the other sages say th- these aren't really a tolda, they're not really a malacha, because they're not really done the same way or the same situation as a an actual malacha, so they're not a tolda. You understand, like applying eyeshadow, it's something like writing, but not really, according to the sages. Mishnah Vav continues, a tolish me'atzitz nakuv Chayev, Baruch Hashem Rabosai, welcome back to Atzitz Nakuv land, which we talked about in Zerayim many times. That's the famous flower pot with a hole in it. The holy flower pot has a nekev, has a hole in the bottom through which it draws sustenance from the earth itself. So here, someone is tolish, he's picking a flower or a plant from a perforated flower pot. He is chayev, he is doing an actual malacha of kotzer, of reaping. V'she'eno nakuv, potzer. And if the flower pot had no hole, he's doing the exact same thing, but the flower pot had no connection to the ground itself, he'd be potter. Rabbi Shimon potter, b'zei b'zei. Rabbi Shimon says he's potter uh, in both cases because it's not so close to Ketzira. So he can't be Hayevskila. Cholach is not like Rabbi Shimon. So Baruch Shem we are on to chapter 11. Uh, we've mentioned it before that it's all about Rishuyot, uh, different domains on Shabbos, which was the topic of the very first mission Shabbos and one that we've come back to many times, and the Gemara comes back to many times in our study of Shabbat. And of course, seeing as it's, as it's the first day of Hanukkah, it makes sense to talk about different Rishuyot, because one of the big things that the Greeks did to the temple was break down the walls and the divisions. Their their sheets, you understand, was all about equality, that everyone has to be equal no matter what. And, it, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful idea, but it's not an appropriate idea for the Holy Temple. The Holy Temple has Rishuyot, has different areas for different kinds of people, where the different kinds of people can go and others cannot. So there's a big a concept to that in your life, you need to make Rishuyot, you need to make divisions, you need to have you know, certain things in certain areas for certain people. Good, so chapter 11, the first Mishnah, Hazurik, someone who throws, from the private domain to a public domain, or vice versa, he's doing a malacha, he's doing hotzah, 
and he's Chayef. Now here the Bartonura has in Arichos, he has a long explanation about what is a domain. We're going to summarize that a Rishut Rabim is minimum size, 4 by 4 Tfachim, minimum height, 10 Tfachim. It has some sort of wall or demarcation or raised area, lowered area. And the airspace, this is going to become important later, the airspace of Rishut Yachid goes all the way up which is not the same as Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah has an airspace of 10 Tfachim, uh, but no higher. The Barton here brings the Gemara's explanation of Rosh Hashanah is these wide thoroughfares and highways, uh, and, and they're 16 Amal wide, there's no roof. And there is an opinion also, um, so some some sources say that a Rishus Rabim Deraisa, a biblical public domain, also needs to have six hundred thousand people passing through, like the camp in the in the midbar, like the Jewish camp had six hundred thousand people there. The Bartner also mentioned there's something called the Makom Pator, a place which is Pator. It's like a very small place. It's like less than four Tfachim, and uh, so it's. It's not big enough to be a Rishut HaYachid, and it's less than three Tzfachim. Uh, so like it's it's like a little a shtickle thing, you know, sitting sitting in the street. You can imagine maybe a small fire hydrant or something like this, a, a really small thing. And he also mentions the Carmelites. Carmelites is like Carmel. It's like a, a neutral area, and it, it it's an enclosure with walls less than 10 Tzfachim tall or a ditch similar to this or a, a Mavui, which is a, the famous alleyway that we discuss in Erevin, or something like the Yam, the ocean, or, you know, kind of a, a, an open area that's not a Rishus Harabim. So now that we know about the airspace above the Rishus Harabim, the Mishnah continues, Merishut HaYachid, Rishut HaYachid. So what if he's throwing, and he's throwing from one enclosed yard, and he's throwing across the street to another enclosed yard? Rashuta Rabim Beemtsa, but there's actually a public domain of Rashuta Rabim in the middle between where he's throwing and where the item is landing. Rabbi Akiva Mechayev. Rabbi Akiva says he's Chayev. Chamim Potrim, but the sages say he's Potter. Rabbi Akiva says he's Chayev because Barner explains from the Gemara, it's as if it's resting in the airspace of Rashuta Rabim. And again, this is only when the throwing is happening within 10 amot of the ground. If it's above that, it's considered Makom Pator, it's considered exempted area, uh, and everyone would agree that he's Pater. Shkoyach uh, Rabotai, Chag Sameach, Happy Hanukkah.